we finished third. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming a few months ago. Um, oh, fuck, I've just seen the llama go. <laughs> sorry, Tim. <laughs> Honestly, more sorry, interesting sorry. than our season. I told you. He doesn't even look like he's going to shoot, though. And then he just bangs it. Sorry, Tim. Start again. Start again. <laughs> time you're listening to it's the game time podcast for the first time in like a month we're sorry we'll start off by saying that but we've got the full complement of presenters minus alan on here today tom how you doing i'm good mate how are you very well thank you ryan tim as well how are you boys doing good mate thank you also very good tim <laughs> very well thank you Fuck you, don't ask me how I am either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see how it is. Um, right, as you know, the Premier League season is done and dusted. We'll be talking about Manchester City's fantastic win and, and Liverpool's close second in a little bit. But seeing as we haven't been on for a long time, I thought I would get everyone's reaction to things we've missed. So I will give you one scenario each and you have to give me a maybe one sentence quick reaction to to that scenario. Let, let's start with Tom. Um, Liverpool's comeback victory in the Champions League against Barcelona. Uh, I think it was the greatest European night at Anfield, uh, definitely in recent memory. Uh, but it's also one of the most disappointing Barcelona performances I think I've seen in a very, very long time. They, they capitulated completely. And uh, you forget that they had hundreds of millions of pounds worth of talent on that pitch and probably the greatest player ever. Um, the only thing that game could have had better was the uh, Origi to make it 4-0, I think, if that had been in the last minute of the game, that would have made it a lot more dramatic. But probably the most complete performance I've seen from uh, a whole team. So, Alison all the way up to uh, Divock Origi. So, what you're saying there is Divock Origi scored too early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave him too much of a chance. He should have really left. He should have missed that one and scored the next. <laughs> oh, classic Divock. Um, Ryan, I'll keep it on a similar ilk for you. Um, probably something a little bit closer to home, though. Tottenham's two comebacks, I guess, against Manchester City and against Ajax in the semi-final. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, really. Like, it's weird how having the Ajax game, you could probably argue, wasn't even the best game of that week. Um, and it was still really, really good. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to believe, really. The stuff like that never really happens to us. So nice. It's nice. It's nice in a weird way. But I still not really come to terms with it. I still reckon we're with this some way in between the third Lucas goal getting ruled out for some sort of infringement, and then <laughs> having to go and play in the final. But um, yeah, unbelievable, really. Completely unbelievable. I mean, if you could cry on this podcast live, that would just shoot our listeners <laughs> right up. So. That would be fantastic. Um, no, congratulations to Tottenham. We'll probably talk about the, uh, the Champions League final in a little bit, but we'll, we'll drop down to the lesser European final. Um, Tim, Chelsea are in it. Can they win it? Uh, I certainly hope so. Um, I think Arsenal... Well, the big, the big thing Arsenal-Chelsea completing uh, four English teams in the both European finals for the first time ever, the first country that's ever done it, which I think is the big thing out of that. But um, it'll be good to see... Uh, Chelsea Arsenal match um, in what is slightly underwhelming after those two Champions League matches, but it's certainly good to see after quite a weird season. Yeah, who needs Brexit? All the English clubs <laughs> want to stay in Europe. <laughs> Political, right? Let's um, let's move away from that and on to the <laughs> away from the serious political. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's not what you come to this podcast for. We're not here for in-depth talks about Brexit and such. You're here for just rambling, nonsensical-natured football talk. Um, so let, let's start it off. Oh, it's bloody good to see Liverpool bottle a title, isn't it? <laughs> Ten points they had. They did. And now they've got minus one points on Manchester City. But in all, in all seriousness, 
what a season it's been. I, I didn't think that we'd see a, a Premier League season this this good since the, the Man United Man City one that City won on goal difference. But it's been breathtaking from start to finish from, from all teams, but especially those two at the top. Tom, did, did you see it going this way? Uh, I, I did at the beginning of the season, but I don't think I thought it'd be this close. I think there's a lot of talk about how good of a battle Liverpool put up, and I do agree. I think it was it was a fantastic season, and I, it is much more enjoyable when the when the title goes down to the, the last weekend, or at least uh, the last in, into May, at least. Um, but yeah, it, it's been it's been a fantastic season. I, I think it actually cements in the Premier League is probably being the best league in the world as well. Aside from obviously the English team successes in Europe this this year, I think a competitive league is is important and. You hope now that four, three or four teams that actually could challenge for a title going forward will improve over the summer and then we'll get an even better title race next year with, an, with another team getting involved, hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic from those two teams. A lot has been made about the millimetres that the title has been decided on. Obviously, John Stones clearing that one off the line against Liverpool and then um, was it, um, what's his face, Sergio Aguero scoring against Burnley and it going over the line by, hmm. by 25 millimetres. But on the whole, Ryan, do, do you think City deserved the title win? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, a lot of things have been made out of, of the fact that obviously Liverpool only lost one game, which is obviously usually enough to win you a league title more than once. Um, only go like losing one game a season and then sort of like going on and you usually like in some seasons it would have been enough to win them by loads of points but the problem is they did draw a lot of games which is sort of like the underrated thing that people aren't really sort of talking about like they drew a lot of games against like they I remember they went through that spell where they drew a fair amount sort of they drew with uh, Man United when Man United basically all of their players went out with cramp um <laughs> They drew with Everton, which is sort of like the, that was the last time they dropped points. So, ironically, Everton sort of in a weird way denied them the title, which is obviously very pleasing for them. Um, then you've obviously got like they, they played like West Ham, they played Leicester at home. I remember they struggled in that game. So, yeah, a lot's been made out about like City losing. Obviously, they lost a couple of games. They lost to Palace at home. They lost to um, Leicester away and things like that. And teams that maybe they should be beating. But at the end of the day, like I say, City, they, you, you win your last 14 games in a row and you can't really say that they don't deserve it. And like I say, Liverpool did draw a fair amount of games. And so even though their losses column looks better overall and it looks like they've got the better record, I do think City were just about worthy of it. But yeah, like I say, Liverpool ran ever so close. And obviously, in a, in a way for them, they've, they've got a redeeming game at the end, at the start of next month, which is obviously good for them. But yeah, like I say, it's um, it must be tough to take getting that many points and then missing out. I tell you what, do you know what's tougher to take? And this is not me just sidetracking it. Tim will know this all too well. Um, Perugia in, in Serie A lost the Serie A title despite not losing a game for the entire season. In 1978-79, they went the how, entire season how, undefeated. How many games did they draw though? 19 of 30. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's classic. What, what was that? In, in the Italian league, you say? Yeah, in Serie A, 1978-79. Unheard of that teams have played for draws in that league. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oi, watch yourself. Um, <laughs> Ethnic yeah. stereotyping. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> that's what you missed on last month. Racial stereotyping. <laughs> <laughs> But no, a, a fantastic, fantastic performance um, from Liverpool as well. You, you've got to hand it to them. They, a lot of teams would have fallen away with City in that sort of championship mode, just grinding out wins. But Liverpool did so well to take it to the last day of the season. Tim, more of a sort of look forwards for, for next season. Are Liverpool still going to be there or thereabouts next season? Or, or do you think someone else will, will take that second spot? I think next season has the potential to be even more competitive, to be honest. I think, yes, yeah, City and Liverpool were great. And I think neither of them are going to drop. Um, but I think the sort of players that the other teams can bring in and the changes they're going to make, especially teams like United, who have had quite a dire season, they if they turn it around in the summer, they could be really hot next year. And like Chelsea as well, having a huge dip and then sort of coming back a bit. The changes can be made. I think it could be... Ca- really widely competitive next season but we don't know what's going to happen and every year we see some sort of change in 
sort of football style or, or how things go. And I think some one team could come out, play, you know, a bit of a wacky formation and end up doing really well. And, you know, the whole sort of Premier League scene could change completely. Um, so we don't really know. We don't know what to expect at all. But I think the top two contenders are going to be Liverpool and City just because of how good they were this year. Oh, so a reminiscent season of this one, but hopefully the um, top four teams actually want top four and don't just give it to each other. But yeah, you take it, you take it. Um, let, let's move away from from City, Liverpool, and let's let's have a little look at. Actually, saying that, I'm a lying man. I'm a lying man. Did anyone see the the video of the Manchester City fans being given um, Brighton <laughs> Brighton Rock so after the funny. game? It's oh, fantastic. <laughs> all all of the English players are so up for it and. Every other player is like, I have no idea what you're handing me. I've this never film. seen anyone give less of a shit than Danilo. <laughs> <laughs> totally nonplussed, wasn't he? <laughs> Some of the season, to be honest. That's true. Uh, my favourite was Edison. He looked like he was about to light it. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a cigar? <laughs> is this how we do it? Um, I thought that was um, quite, a nice, quite a nice way to, to finish the season. But um, yeah, let's, let's move it away. Um, a man that we mention a lot on this podcast, Charlie Daniels, unfortunately not involved in the eight-goal thriller at Selhurst Park, Selhurst Park even, um, between Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. Tom, I'm, I'm sure you watched that one. How were the nerves? How were the nerves? <laughs> <laughs> it was like 12 against 13. Yeah, it was, it was the battle for 12. Like whoever won got 12, yeah. The nerves, mate. Yeah, I was, nerves. I was nervous. I was nervous. It's good to watch, though. <laughs> um, I think there's a few players in there that maybe that'll be their, their last game for Bournemouth. Uh, and I, I think it will be um, one of Zaha or Wan-Bissaka's last game for Palace as well. But Zaha was incredible. Absolutely ripped us apart. And uh, he's going to rightly get the big move to Everton that he deserves in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, from a Bournemouth perspective um, on the season, how, how would you rate it? Uh, I think I said twelfth at the beginning of the year, so not not particularly uh, not particularly outside of where I expected this to be. I think after our start, would have liked us to have finished a bit higher. Um, I think towards the end of the season, we were almost dilapidated with injuries. We lost Lewis Cook in February for the whole season. <laughs> as much as I joke about it, Simon Francis was actually really good this year, <laughs> despite being like forty-eight. Um, he, he's been out since February, and then we, we we didn't have any didn't have a right back or um, didn't have a left back since March. So um, yeah, bit bit of a I think we sort of stumbled over the line and got there in the end. But exciting times next year. Ryan Fraser's refusing to sign a contract so we can leave on a free next year. So that'll be interesting next season. But um, yeah, I hope hopefully we can improve, and I think. It should only get better next year. I'd say Ryan Fraser's getting too big for his boots, but I imagine he's too big for his boots already. Yeah. He's, he's a small man. He's, he's also like the most humble person. So everyone's, he sort of says, oh yeah, and no, I'm really, really enjoying my football and yeah, I just want to get on and, and play and try and improve. And I was like, sign a fucking contract, mate. <laughs> he's like, no, I just want to see how we get on. See if, we'll just fucking do it then. Because he's going to get absolutely no money next season when he moves on a free to someone. But anyway, He's a tiny person and I like him. <laughs> I tell you, he's not a tiny person for Bournemouth, Jeff Lerma. But was his uh, final game of the season strike just a little bit too late for goal of the season contender? Striker! <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why it was, why it was too late. Because, um, it, I mean, the producers of the show must have seen it before they went live. And they, did, and they still put... Uh, oh, I mean, Hazard's goal was good, but was it better than Lerma's? I don't know. I kind of feel like drib, drib, dribbling goals kind of get a bit overplayed in, in, uh, in especially. It was when it, very uh, good though. It was good, yeah. But if if he dribbled it from the halfway line and hit it from thirty yards, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Also, it wasn't Eden Hazard as well. My um my metric for goal of the season, it's always the best goal scored by the most unlikely player. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Always, that's always my metric, which is why this year Andros Townsend got my vote. Yeah, yeah. Um, because just like most of the times he tries that, it goes in somewhere, lands somewhere around Macclesfield. <laughs> top ends, and it was like decent. But then obviously, like say, you've got Lerma who's running him close for that. The only, the only thing that sort of ruined it for me for Lerma's goal, Tom. I don't know if you noticed this, was when the Palace fans started clapping it as well. Because obviously they were, like, four, they were like four two up at this point. It was like 
Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You need to like let the Bournemouth fans go mental at him, and then all you can just hear is like a round of applause. (laughs) Yeah. Surely, um, goal of the season by that metric goes to Vincent Company. Uh, again, when I say like most unlikely person, I mean like shittest person. (laughs) 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 Which is why, which is why. Bits of company gets um, taken out because he actually is good. Like, remember, like, I always go back to remember the year that Matt Lowton scored that goal for Villa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, that's been my goal of all time. Because it's <laughs> Matt Lowton. <laughs> He's never done anything like that before or since. That's, that's what I mean. Like, so Lerma, who's known as a bit of a sort of like, he, he puts a tackle in and that, but he doesn't really sort of go forward. He scored a couple goals this year. That's why he would get it for me. But yeah. I mean, maybe company, but then people are getting a bit because it was like the goal that basically won them the league. People are getting a little bit, um, a little bit sort of like towards that. When you look at Townsend's one, I do think Townsend should get given it. But um, so that's your little mini Bournemouth review for this year. Let, let's move it Wait, on for the to... year. That was the review for the year. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I said review. I thought we were going to do a podcast with Bournemouth. <laughs> Next year, mate. Next, next season. Um, we're signing Ryan Fraser, actually, to be fair, to be the host of it. It'd be cheap, yeah. We're not paying him anything. No, yeah. <laughs> we don't get paid, he don't get paid. Uh, um, Tim, let, let's move on to Chelsea. Obviously, you've got the Europa League final still to come, so there's still one more game for you. But for the Premier League season as a whole, what I have mean, you thought? We finished third. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming a few months ago. We were the last undefeated team in Europe um, at the start of the season. And then it just went so massively downhill. Um, and then I think Sarri realised that all the fans were actually pissed off uh, and then actually sort of play, started playing some younger players and the performances changed a bit. Um, and because of everyone else's being shit, we ended up third and are in a European final. So I'm not really complaining that much. Uh, Maurizio Sarri obviously having a, a very mixed season. Um, he called out a few players, pretty sure he called out the fans. Do you expect him at Stamford Bridge next season? I do. Um, I think it's too much to to change him now. I think, considering we've got Champions League football next year, I think he'll stay. He'll be given a full pre-season. He'll have an influence on some signings. We've already got Pulisic coming. Um, as long as he doesn't sign Higuain permanently. I mean, considering <laughs> if the ban is upheld, which... or frozen or whatever I don't even know what's going on with that um, and actually brings through the youth players like Reese James that deserve you know first team football um, then I think he'll stay and see how he does next year and I'm hopeful whether that's a bad thing or not I'm hopeful Fair enough uh, Tom I forgot to ask you this so I'm going to ask Tim first so it gives you a little bit of thinking time Tim you're player of the season for Chelsea Oh that's quite difficult I mean, other than Hazard, who is just insane, um, I'll, I'll give some honorable mentions in. I think Jorginho's actually been really good, despite some of the criticism he's got. And Loftus-Cheek is uh, what I've seen on Twitter being called a rhino with sticky feet. Um, <laughs> is just really good. But I mean, obviously it's Hazard. Obviously it's Hazard. Um, Hazard wins an award at least. Well, he did actually get most assists of the league, so that's that's a light. Uh, Tom, you were never Bournemouth player of the season for you. Uh, I, I'll go on honourable mentions. I think uh, Ake, Brooks, and probably Lerma as well. But I think uh, Weeman, um, Ryan Fraser has been. Yeah, I think I think he came second to Hazard in number of assists this season, and uh, he scored a good amount of goals as well. I think he was comfortably our best player. No mention of Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Sick, I know, it? yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Ryan, obviously as well, you've, much like Chelsea, got a European final still to go, so your season isn't over. But on the Premier League season and, and the rest of the Jazz, how, how have you seen Tottenham's season go? Um, from sort of like February, before February, it was really, really good. Since then, we've been playing like a team that's been fighting for relegation, to be honest. It's been masked by the Europa, uh, the Europa League, sorry, the Champions League. Um, runs the final, um, which obviously sort of like masked a lot of the squad's um, sort of like shortcomings, and we sort of managed to get through somehow. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know, it's sort of a difficult season when you lose 
as many games as we have this season to teams that maybe we should be beating, it does sort of question whether or not this squad we've got is coming to the end of its sort of natural cycle, sort of like the the one that sort of challenged for the league titles a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mixed season, to be honest. Like I say, it could all be sort of rounded off in the best way possible in three weeks' time. But at the end of the day, we still have questions, marks over sort of maybe about seven or eight players, whether they're going to be there next year, whether or not we're going to be seeing wholesale changes in terms of transfers. So, yeah, like I say, it's it's been a good season, but only because the Champions League run has sort of masked the inefficiencies of the league season. And I think going back to what we said earlier about Liverpool drawing so many games, if we would have wouldn't have lost so like we've won a lot of games we've lost a lot of games and I feel like that's saved us in the top four like we've only drew two games this year and obviously one of them was when we basically had the Champions League qualification sorted so yeah a lot of question marks but yeah like I say it could also three weeks time it also could be ending the in the best way possible which would be a nice little ending for this sort of like this cycle of players uh, you talk about endings Mauricio Pochettino with some interesting comments do you think he's going to stick around if you win the Champions League? Yeah, I think he's he's. This is the thing with a lot of people sort of neglected to look at. He he's a sucker for sort of like a random quirky post match or pre match quote. So Pochettino often gets asked all manner of questions, and he'll just reply with something seemingly off the top of his head. Um, and I feel like this is one of those instances people have sort of played it up a bit, saying like like they've twisted it and said like, oh, basically he's off if he wins the Champions League. I mean. The, the thing that Pochettino needs, he always needs like a goal to work towards. So obviously the last like maybe three or four years ago, it was like try and win the league title. Now obviously that's sort of focused because we've ended up in the Champions League final. That's now that goal. So I think as long as he gets backed financially and as long as we sort of get supported, he gets supported from the chairman, he would, he would stick around because at the minute, I don't think any of the real top jobs are available to him, which is something that might tempt him away. be very interesting to see if... Um... See what happens at other clubs, maybe if if people go in the summer, maybe abroad as well. Um, yeah. If he, if he if he takes that bait or not, but it'd be very interesting to see your player of the season. I know there's still one game to go, but who, who would you give it to? Um, got a couple of again. We'll do honourable mentions. I think Jan Vertonghen for just being consistently probably week in week out one of our best players of the last five years without ever seeming to be injured. Um, and even when he seems to be concussed, he still wants to carry on playing, even though. He doesn't <laughs> Um, probably Son as well, sort of in bits. Obviously, coming sort of in and out of the team with the sort of like the Asian games and and the um, sort of like the different sort of tournaments he's been at. He's been really, really good. Um, I think again, like I say, out of round again for being consistent, even though the contract stuff is still hanging over him. So it's still don't know whether he's going to be there next year. But I think for in terms of overall just improvement on last year, has to be Musa Sissoko. Hands down. Like he played in midfield on his own in Amsterdam last week and pretty much ran the game. And it's sort of really strange to see how far he's come across. I always hoped he was going to turn out like this. Like even when we discuss it, like, and people say, oh, it's a waste of money. I said, but I know, like I've said before, I know there's a player in there and I'm really glad that it's sort of come out because he, on his day, can just absolutely dominate teams. And I'm glad that it's happened this year. So, yeah, hands down, Moose Sissoko. Moose Sissoko, Ryan Fraser and Eden Hazard, your player of the years for respective clubs. OK, Danny, so um, how do you think Man United season went? Oh, up and down and then down again, <laughs> to be fair. Um, a really weird season, obviously, with the, the Mourinho sacking halfway through the season before Christmas and then we seemed to do really, really well after that. And then we really peaked in Paris and then didn't really ever get up again. We won, I think we won two of our last nine Premier League games, um, which is really frustrating as well with how Chelsea and Arsenal ended the season because I feel like if we'd have managed to keep that form going, we probably would be in the Champions League right now. Um, but yeah, that's football for you. I think as good as Oli was when he came in it's it's clear to see that there's still work to be done there's a lot of players at that club that sh- probably shouldn't be there and Ander Herrera who's left on a free should definitely be there and the fact that he's not is quite gutting and I think that that's put a downer 
I mean, the results have put a downer on the season, but that that's put a massive downer in, in the fans' minds. When you're giving Ashley Young, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling new 100-plus thousand pounds a week contracts, but you're not giving Ander Herrera, who shows more heart than most of those players combined out on the pitch, it, it is quite gutting, to be honest with you. And if you had a player of the season, who would you give it to? Good God. Um, it, honestly, this is going to sound horrendous, but probably Luke Shaw or Victor Lindelof. And bearing in mind, we've conceded 50-plus goals this season. That, that's saying something. But you could give it Rashford. He's been very good, but he really dropped off at, at points in the season. Luke Shaw's been pretty much solid throughout. And, and Lindelof, when he's come into the team, he, he's been a bit injury-prone. And then he sort of had that issue with not being first choice all the time under Mourinho. But I think those two would probably be my my shouts for, for player of the season. Could give it Pogba as well because he, he had a real influence. But again, I, I think just for pure sort of consistency and determination, I'd probably go Luke Shaw as my main United player of the season. And before we move on to the break and then have a, have a chat about the game time end of season awards, um, one thing that, that I wanted to talk about that, that we probably should mention, obviously at the beginning of the season, we all had our thoughts on, on certain things that would happen. Um, some of them came true. Some of them didn't. We'll start with, with Tom, because fair enough, he's got it in the bag. He said Aubameyang would be top scorer. Well played, mate. Yeah, it's kind of the shittest way to win it, though, when he shares the award with two other people. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the trophy he got given. I reckon he got given the base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, feel free to, um, to gloat away on that one. That is um, a fair shout. <laughs> Um, in terms of in terms of relegation teams, um, obviously the the three teams that went down, I think I think I know for certain that I called Southampton to go down, and they didn't. Thanks, Ralph Hasenhutl. Um But the rest of you boys, I think we're, we're pretty spot on with you with your guesses. I said Fulham were going to finish in the top half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I agreed with you, um, and I think I had Watford to go down. So basically, if we swap those two around. <laughs> Define as someone who has recently come into the league or has not played a substantial part in the seasons that they have been there but has now. Um, Biggest flop. This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. Right, welcome back from the break. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, We're going to go for the game time end of season awards. These categories have all been selected meticulously and painstakingly after. So, so much preparation. Um, so we'll go through them all and then we'll put all of our thoughts and then see if we can try and come to an agreement. So the categories we've got are player of the season, breakthrough player of the season, who I think we're going to try and define as someone who has recently come into the league or has not played a substantial part in the seasons that they have been there, but has now. Um Biggest flop of the season, best signing of the season, and then a game time team of the season. Let, let's start it off with player of the season. Um, Tom, you're not allowed to vote for a player at your own club, so no Charlie Daniels, unfortunately. But, but who, who are you going to go for? <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's changed the whole perspective. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the player of the season... Uh, and I, I think part of it is to do with the fact that they won the league. I, I think the player of the season for me has been Raheem Sterling. Uh, I think what he do, he's done both uh, in in the Premier League this year uh, and was doing in Europe, and but has also put, done for England uh, in the international uh, breaks. I think he's probably been the standout player uh, and someone who is still so young. And I don't think it's appreciated how young he still is. Uh, and how much he could probably still improve as a player, but I think he's he's been fantastic. Still too old to be young player of the season, in my opinion. Though, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, one vote for Raheem Sterling, Ryan. Um, I've gone for the same team as Tom, but I've gone for a different player. Uh, on pure, in terms of like when I watch football, not only do I look for sort of like work rate and work ethic, also looking for just in general sort of like contributions and just sort of willingness to be on the ball. I've gone for Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Okay. I feel like 
he every time I've watched Man City, which has only been in the last maybe about six or seven weeks, I haven't really watched much of them before then, just because I was sort of like mainly doing other stuff sort of like early in the season. But like obviously the, when the season's purely picked up, he just seems he runs the furthest. He does the most work in terms of the like City defending from the front. He he's happy to get on the ball and he seems to be one of those just like clutch players, you know, like the goal he scored against uh, City, uh, against United, sorry, for City, obviously in the derby, that sort of like got them ahead and that was really one of the first times when you think, okay, City might just have the edge here in the title race. Um, I just feel like he is, again, one of the players that sort of sometimes gets overlooked. I do think Sterling and probably Van Dijk will rightly get the awards for young player and then player of the season. But I do think my personal choice would be Bernardo Silva. I just feel like I'm just one of those players, whenever I watch him, I sort of feel like he is just an outstanding footballer. And like I say, he got man of the match against Chelsea in the uh, League Cup final for a, a very good reason, like a very tight game. He was like willing to be on the ball. I just feel like he's an excellent, excellent footballer. So I feel like just for a bit of the niche choice, I would go for Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva has been noted down. Tim, are you going to break the deadlock or are you going to put it into a draw? I mean, if I could go and play to my own club, I would pick Hazard. But um, I I think... No, I know. That's why I think I'm <laughs> going to have to go with Raheem Sterling. I think just he's just edged out over Van Dijk. Because I think Van Dijk's been immense. But I think what Sterling is... And how Sterling's improved as well over the past few years, he's literally sort of from... Like having a lot of potential, he's actually fulfilled it and probably beyond because he's such a complete an attacker now. Um, and for everything Tom said as well, that his contribution and how young he is and how much further he's still got to go, I think he's he's absolutely phenomenal. But this season, he's been brilliant for City. Congratulations, Raheem Sterling! You are the game time player of the season. <laughs> what about you? What about you? Yeah, what about uh, you? Yeah, it was Raheem Sterling for me as well. Um, not just for his on-field performances, because I think he's been absolutely stunning, but I think the the maturity he's shown off the pitch um, yeah. with all, all, all the cases of, of racism, both in the England games that he's taken a part of and just the general um, talk of racist abuse in, in sport, I, I think he's been magnificent. And, and I know the, the results on the pitch are the things that matter, but... I, I just think he's he's been so mature and, and way beyond his um way beyond his age. So no, he's he such a brilliant vote. role model. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's it's like like buying the tickets for the school kids from his school for the uh, like the final or or the mm-hmm. semi final and um like he's if you if you have your kid playing football you want them to be more like Raheem Sterling and I think that's just such a positive. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you. So he's a. Uh, he wins the the player of the season award. Let's move on to the. Can break. I sorry, Danny? Can yes. I just add, can I just add one thing about what? Uh, so Ryan said, Bernardo Silva, who I think has had an incredible season. I think he he's a uh, he's also very very young, so it could be very good for a, a long time as well. Did you, did anyone see what he said after the game after they won the league? No. So he said, "What's rock?" <laughs> no. He said, "I don't think I'll ever forget this." And I was thinking, oh, that's sweet. Well, I fucking hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's a year of your life, mate. <laughs> He's won the league in England. Yeah. Like, what, what else is he doing in his spare time that this may be overshadowed? <laughs> I did it on Football Manager 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's just like, got really into a puzzle at home. <laughs> <laughs> he won the Times crossword. Yeah, yeah. No, that is... <laughs> Bernardo Silva. Oh, fucking, he's such a good player. Yeah, he's good. He's Runs like 14k every game. Oh, mental. Ha- I, ha- I know we had a good album for it earlier with Mark Noble saying he runs around a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> oh, so Raheem Sterling, well played. Un- unfortunate for Bernardo Silva, who just misses out. And, and but... Van Dyke, I think. Yeah. Van yeah, Dyke's yeah, got yeah. Van Dyke, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolute unit. I, he didn't. He hasn't been dribbled past in like fifty odd appearances in the Premier League. Yeah. I, it was. It was by a select list of players, though. That that the one I saw where it was like he hasn't been dribbled past by Messi and Aguero yeah. on a like, Tuesday <laughs> between eight o'clock and ten. Yeah. Do you see who wasn't It'll... on that list though? Who? Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, in all fairness, <laughs> in all fairness, if Liverpool had won the league, I think Van Dijk probably would be unanimously yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, player of the year. I'd, so. I'd probably, I think the winning the league has definitely put me more towards Sterling. 
Yeah. 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 And, and Van Dyke did make that mistake to let Ryan Babel score for Fulham. So he's, he's lost <laughs> it for me on that one. Um, let's move on mm. to the breakthrough player of the season. Feel free to, to be a little bit um, explanatory in your, in your choices. I have outlined that it's got to be like a, a player who has maybe not played a massive part or is new to the league, but I will, I'll be happy to, uh, to accept any explanations. Let's go reverse order on this one. Tim, who are you gonna who are you gonna go for? I've gone with Alexander Arnold. Okay. Um, I think. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> go on. I don't. I mean, his his contribution to Liverpool has been nowhere near the same in like previous seasons it has this year. I think he's been the number one choice at right back without a question of a doubt, and I don't think anyone can doubt his performances. Um, especially after that assist in the corner to, I know it's Premier League, but assist in that corner to Diva Corrigi, like it shows how good he's become. And if I can squeeze him in for breakthrough player, um, I think I've got to go with him. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. I will, um, to, to be fair to you, he did only make 19 appearances last season in the Premier League and only got two assists. And this season he... made 29 and got 12. So I'd feel that's a significant enough improvement to say that he deserves it. A lot of them were, like backup player, you know, he was his backup last year, um, and this year he's literally the number one choice. So, all right, we've got Alexander Arnold. I don't imagine he's going to get another vote. I'll be honest with you, Tim, but we'll we'll see what happens. Ryan, what have you gone for? Three words: Aaron Wan Bissaka. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going, keeping up the theme with um, double-barreled surnames. Yeah. Wan Bissaka makes it in. Go on. Um. Purely on the fact that he only played in the Premiership seven times last season. And again, this is very, very arbitrary. But he, last year, this time last year on FIFA, he had a 55 rated overall cut. <laughs> so therefore, I'm feeling like that is something that does have to be mentioned in terms of he's had a massive season this year. I feel like you said earlier, Tom, you said one of Zaha or Wan-Bissaka will probably be leaving Palace. I reckon if it's going to be anyone, it probably will be Wan-Bissaka. And I feel like anyone in the top six could comfortably have him leave now um, Palace and then go straight into preseason, and he would walk into any of the top six's teams, apart from maybe Liverpool because they have Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like he has, like I say, he has, in my book, probably had the best breakthrough season in terms of, like I say, relatively unknown last year. There was a picture that went viral of him a couple of months ago where he was playing in like an under-16 tournament or under-18 tournament a few years ago. Not only was he playing for the Democratic Republic of Congo, he was also playing as a striker. So it's sort of, <laughs> the, sort of the thing that sort of how his, how his sort of season and how his sort of like career has taken off in the last year and a half probably. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. Like I say, he just defends so well. His his sort of like um, he his sort of like interception rate is one of the best in Europe. He barely sort of like gets like I say things chances coming down the right hand side for Palace. It's usually if Palace are going to ship goals, it's down the left hand side where they've got a little less unpredictability, a little less predictability with. Uh, Patrick Van Arnold, for example. Uh, like I said, they've got no errors leading to a goal. He did get red carded once this year because that was, I remember that at the start of the season, he was sort of like through last man against Liverpool. But like I said, he just seems to be one of the sort of like most sort of complete and, and well-rounded players at his age at the minute. And it can't be long before he gets called up for England. All right, that's, that's fair. Tom, are you going to go with another double-barreled right back? There's an Arsenal one that would fit the bill. Oh, Walker-Peters as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sylvan. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so I think if I if we weren't restricted by the fact that you can't vote for someone for your own club, I think I might make the case for David Brooks, someone who played uh, a handful of games in the Championship last season um, and I think he's comfortably stepped up and I think we'll go on to bigger and better things for probably bigger clubs eventually. Um, but I think for me, uh, it's not very popular that you see the, the top vote getters are, are, are goalkeepers. But I think Alisson this season um, has probably already established himself as the best Premier League goalkeeper. I think it's close with him and Ederson and De Gea. But I think to settle into a team and almost have no jitters this season uh, has looked really, really comfortable. And I've been very, very impressed. And I think he's a big part of why Liverpool is so strong defensively. There is no coincidence why the one sort of similarity between 
Barcelona's two capitulations in the Champions League to Roma and Liverpool both have Alisson in there <laughs> at the other end. He, he was he's just so good, and and yeah. totally agree with you. Um, so it's a three-way tie, and it will be a four-way tie because I mean I've gone I've gone really left field, so left field I might even pick a baseball player. Um, <laughs> David Brooks was on there for me, but. Just pipped. I've gone for Connor Cody from Wolves. Oh wow! Um, mm. The only pl- that's interest. That's interesting because he's shit. <laughs> 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 um, the only player to play every single minute of the Premier League campaign this year, and bearing in mind Wolves, yes, they spent a lot of money, but Fulham spent a lot of money, and we saw what happened with their Championship level defence. But you've got a man who was in that same class as just a championship-level defender, has really stepped up in the Premier League. He's been a key part of why that sort of three-man defence alongside Willy Bolly and, and Dendonka or, or whoever it may be has worked. So, yeah, I've, I've gone for Connor Cody with a bit of a left-field one. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would probably, if I was going to have to be persuaded by anyone, I'd probably go for inside with Tom, mainly because Alison was one of the two people I wrote down for signing of the season. So I can sort That's of see... That's the same with me. Yeah. All right, then. I, I feel like it's you're going to have to do a lot of work to convince me that Connor Cody is the breakthrough player. <laughs> but I, I mean, what I was going to go... I... Yeah. I was quite persuaded by the Wambasaka argument, being that he was so unknown of recent and his rise has been bigger than anyone on that list I think um, obviously Alisson was established in other leagues beforehand and I've put him down for signing I feel like I would probably be tempted to go with Wan-Bissaka well it goes to the listeners then it's a four way tie you decide tweet us <laughs> I'm willing to go for Wan-Bissaka as long as Wan-Bissaka commits to playing for England oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll do it with the deck and rise hold, hold the sort of sword above his head <laughs> David Myler, Aaron, if you're listening, there's what you need to do to get the game time award. It's conditional. Pick... <laughs> you can come pick it up anytime. Um, right. So the last um, two biggest flop of the season, Tom. Let's start with you. It's an extension from last season. It's Alex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How shit has that boy become? Um, I, I, may, I how shit has he become? It's incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was so disappointing. He's on so much money. <laughs> he has a seventy-five k a week goal bonus. <laughs> oh, God. oh yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I, I, it, it's gutting because he he was such such a good player, such a good player for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, this point. Alexis year, Sanchez gets the first first vote. Ryan. Um, yeah, I, I, I've gone for sort of Alexis. That was the first time I wrote, wrote down. And then again, it's sort of a bit of a scapegoat to answer this, but I feel like it is for the money. Um, Andre Frank Zambo Anguisa from Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you look at Fulham season in the future. I mean, it's going to be one of those ones where you sort of think, we, how did we not see it coming? Like on deadline day or near enough, they signed some guy that I like to think I'm fairly clued up with most of the players sort of in European football. Never fucking heard of him. <laughs> it's like 30 million quid for a bloke I'd never heard of. And I thought, right, that screams like panic to me. And then unfortunately, it's sort of been played out amongst the 38 games this season that it actually was a bit of panic for Fulham. So I feel like as a sort of a microcosm of, as, of a season, you could probably argue for Angrisa from Fulham. I would probably say Alexis, like I say, purely from the money point of view, it's just obscene. But then again, that's what happens when you don't give him like a summer off in five years or whatever it was, you know, when he was playing like constantly in Copa America or... Um, So yeah, I feel like I would go with Alexis, but I I think a shout out to Anguisa for just being terrible and then definitely ending up next year on loan at Galatasaray. (laughs) (laughs) There's the shout. So that's two votes to... To uh, Alexis Sanchez and an honourable mention for Anguissa. Tim, are you going to have the clean sweep? I mean, we all know how shit I think Marcus Alonso is. Um, <laughs> it's just so bad. But um, I will I will go with Alexis Sanchez because he's just useless. But I want to give an honourable mention to Peter Crouch for doing absolutely nothing this season after being signed. <laughs> podcast, That's mate. Yeah. yeah, he's got a good podcast. <laughs> Can respect that. Uh, it's, it's three, so... 
my my choice makes no difference. Uh, it, it was also Alexis Sanchez, <laughs> with an honourable mention for Fred as well, because for for fifty million pounds, Fred has been an absolute oh, shit house in the work. Got him for another yeah, four years. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm. The thing is, he was absolutely outstanding against Manchester City at passing to Manchester City. So, <laughs> pick him up. He'll be great in a, in a blue shirt. But, yeah, for, just for the wages-wise. Oh, Alexis Sanchez. Never again. I, I hope he's not at the club next season. Um, right, so we're going to go to the best signing. I know a couple of you have already said what, you, um, what you've uh, put down. Let's start with Tim on this one. Who have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for Allison for obvious reasons. Although if Fulham had stayed up, I'd have gone for Ryan Babel because um, no one fucking saw that coming, did they? <laughs> but uh, I'll go with Allison. Allison gets the first vote. Ryan? Yeah, I'll go Allison as well. However, I do want an honourable shout out to Jao Martinho from Wolves. Oh, lovely! Yeah, million quid, and he basically runs that midfield with Neves, and it's just like the two games I've seen when like in depth on Wolves this year. When we played, when Tottenham played them, he just looks like an absolute. I, I don't know how he ever didn't end up in the Prem before. We should have signed him in about 2013, and we never did. Yeah, very, very, very good, player, very competent on the ball as well. So I think honourable mention, but I think Allison. Allison gets two with an honourable mention for João Martinho. Tom, uh, I think I'm gonna have to go for Allison as well. Uh, just completely solidified that that uh, that back line. Uh, I think he'll be there for a very, very long time, and. I think, as Ryan has said before about uh, the, the policy with keepers now, it, it is worth investing a lot of money in a good keeper because you can have them for 10 years. So uh, the distribution of the, the, uh, the cost is, is, a lot, is a lot greater than when you pay 300 or 400 grand a week to Alexis Sanchez. So yeah, I'd go for uh, Alison. Alison gets three votes. Uh, I've gone for the greatest under-19 player of all time, Matteo Guendouzi, is my signing of the season. It's clearly, clearly very good. No, I've clean sweep Alison. He's been bloody brilliant all season um, and, and very much well top clean sheet as well in the yeah. in the Premier League so um, a worthy winner right that leaves us with a quick team of the season we will do that after the break that's it he's got the chance he's if you're an MMA fan be sure to check out the new Switchkick podcast we preview upcoming events, discuss the big UFC and Bellator news, and John from Philadelphia drops in to give us a few betting tips. To listen, search for Switchkick MMA on SoundCloud or Switchkick in the Apple Store. Right, welcome back. Ryan has unfortunately had to leave us, so it's only three people, which works quite well because it means now there's an odd number of people we'll always get a vote in. Um, let's start with the goalkeeper. I'm going to just guess we're going to go Alisson, bearing in mind we all yep. gave him player of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Right back, are we going with Juan or are we going with Trent Alexander-Arnold? Oh, I've gone Trent. I'd go Juan, but he's very close. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Trent just because of the assists. Lots and yeah. lots of assists. Uh, centre-back partnership? Uh, I'd go Laporte and Van Dijk. Laporte, Van yeah. Dijk. I'm, I'm the same. I, I want to give uh, Fabian Charis out. Um Ooh. Because he's been really good for Newcastle, really good. But I think just on on quality basis, I think Laporte's been so uh, important for that City team. You've got to put him in there. Very much so. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Connor Cody because well, <laughs> why the fuck not? Um, left back, we'll play four at the back. Left back, Tim, who are you going for? Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson, Tom. Yeah, Andy, Andy Robinson. Robinson takes a clean sweep. Let's play three in midfield. Let's go with what the actual team of the season. Uh, your centre midfield three, Tom. Okay, so I'd go Hazard. I'd go Bernardo Silva. You know who I've grown to really like? I wouldn't put him in the team, actually, but I, th- I think Fabinho, the second half of the season, is mm. really, really mm. good for, for Liverpool. He's um, really grown into it, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't think he particularly had a strong first half of the season. I might even pa- pair Bernardo with his namesake and put David Silva in there. Oh, a very good shout. Tim, any an incredibly soft, uh, incredibly soft midfield. <laughs> yeah. Hazard gone, and the two silvers. <laughs> I've gone Bernardo Silva and I've gone Hazard. Um, I've, but I've also gone for Musa Sissoko. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think his his improvement's been incredible, and he's so strong, and the way he's played in some matches has been solid. And uh, I didn't want to put Fabinho or Fernandinho in there. 
<laughs> fair, a fair shout. Um, I went for Bernardo Silva, Hazard, and then I actually went for Fernandinho just for his shithousery. But we'll um, we'll give it to to Musa Sissoko. Bearing in mind, yeah, fair. Um, Ryan mentioned him as one of his players of the season. So Musa Sissoko gets in there with Hazard and Bernardo Silva, and then you've got a front three to choose from. Where do you go, Tim? Uh, Sterling, obviously. Uh, yep. Mane uh, and Sergio Aguero. Very nice. Uh, Tom? Uh, Sterling, Mane. Uh, I think because I picked it at the beginning of the season, I've got to go Aubameyang. I think he had, he had a really, really good strong end to the season. Mm. And I think he could continue as well. Yeah, I, I went as well with an Arsenal strike. I went Lacazette. I think he's been really good. I, I went for Mane, Sterling on the wings. Aubameyang has scored a lot of goals, but I think Lacazette has been quietly underappreciated as well. So he was my one. But we'll go with um, Pierre and Aubameyang because he did get top scorer in the Premier League. So that is your game time team of the season. Allison in goal, Trent at right back, Laporte and Virgil van Dijk at centre-half, Robertson at left-back, just outdoing Charlie Daniels, um, Hazard <laughs> and Bernardo Silva and Musa as a midfield three with Raheem Sterling, Sadio Mane and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as a front three. That's our awards done, which leaves only talking points left to go. And then we're done. Who wants to kick us off for the final ever talking points? Um, I'll go. Just a quick one. Uh, picture on Twitter from the Premier League table from three years ago, uh, the year that Leicester won it. Obviously, oh, Leicester nice. at the top. Uh, ten points behind them at Arsenal. Third Tottenham, fourth Man City. Then Manchester United, and then three points behind City at Southampton in sixth. Jesus. West Ham at seventh. Then Liverpool, Stoke and Chelsea at the top ten. How things Gross. have changed. How the mighty have fallen and Stoke. <laughs> um, Tom, you got any talking points from this week? I have, and I'd like to ask you a question. Um, when Ryan mentioned earlier on where Andros Townsend's shots end up, do you remember the town he, he said they end up in? <laughs> he did say <laughs> Macclesfield and the soul train continues. Oh, that, is, that is beautiful. Perfect. What a so Campbell has kept Macclesfield Town up and they will continue to be in League 2 next season. And actually, in fairness to Sol Campbell, I think he is getting, he, he does deserve a bit more recognition than he's getting. And I think he did a really good job, turned their season around and they have stayed in competitive league football. So congrats to them. Oh, that is seamless as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is wonderful. Um, I almost don't want to ruin it with my one, but... I'm, I'm going to anyway, because why not? Um, anyone seen Mike Dean? Absolutely loving oh, Tramley. Yeah. <laughs> he he's having a great time. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> but oh, he's just absolutely giving it large with the rest of the fans as um, as Tramley make it to the League Two playoff final. Congrats, Dean. I wonder if you're going to ref the final. Probably, <laughs> probably not after the FAC, that one. Um, I think that about wraps it up, boys. It's a season yeah. done and dusted. Can I can I give one shout out before we go? Please do. Joe Holton messaged me a couple of weeks ago and says he's got a game time podcast hole in his life and he needed it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one's for you, Joe Holton. There you go, son. Uh, Joe, honestly, thank you very much. You are the only person through this entire season to tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this podcast will be dedicated to you. It will be titled <laughs> The End of Season Joe Holton Awards. <laughs> remember Amazing. next season if you want your name on a podcast episode make sure you tweet us at game time podcast there's not much competition <laughs> or game time podcast one at gmail.com until then thank you everyone who's listened we've had over 2,900 nearly 3,000 listeners over the two seasons of game time so without you guys we wouldn't be here so thank you very much to everyone who's listened until next time see you later Bye.